Hello and welcome to the Money and Mojitos podcast. I'm Peace Mitchell and I'm co-founder of Ozmopreneur, the Women's Business School and Women Changing the World Press. Before we begin, I'd like to pay my respects to the traditional owners of the land that I live and work on, the Mamu people of North Queensland. And I'd like to pay my respects to traditional owners and elders past, present and emerging right across Australia and the Torres Strait. So I'm so excited to be back for our podcast today with my wonderful co-host, Amanda Thompson. Hi, Amanda, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Really good. Amanda, for people who haven't met you before, I'd love you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are. So I'm Amanda Thompson. I'm the founder of Endurance Financial and my passion and commitment flows through to women in business and getting them doing exactly what we're doing today is talking about money and paying themselves what they're worth. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And we have a wonderful guest today who I'd love to bring to the stage. Please join me in welcoming Nick. Welcome, Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, Peace. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. So good to have you here. So, Nick, for people who haven't met you before, I would love you to introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, sure. Um, So, yeah, my name is Nick McClanahan. Um, I'm a bit of a crazy woman with three kids and three businesses. Um, So my business that I do a lot of work with Amanda with is Accountability Circle. So I, too, am very much about supporting female business owners. Um, I have another business called Human Experience, which is a bespoke mystery shopping company, and we mystery shop businesses across Australia and New Zealand. Um, and then I have another business, an e-commerce business, which is just about to sell. Um, so then I'll say I've got three kids and two businesses soon. Um, but that is an e-commerce business called Dot on a Sock. It was a COVID baby and I love it, but um, just don't have the capacity for it while the other two businesses are now booming. Wow, that's amazing. You are running all sorts of completely different businesses. But what was the inspiration for your first business? What what got me started? Um, Really good question. I was 29 before I had kids uh, when I first went into business. Um, Probably the answer to that is it's in my blood. Both of my parents Mm -hmm. always owned their own businesses. My three brothers, I'm the only girl, uh, my three brothers all had their own businesses. And I had a career in human resource management. I just finished my master's degree. I was a general manager of HR for um, a national hotel chain. And I'm like, "Mm, I think I'm ready to go into business. Um, And so I approached one of my brothers and said, you know, would you go into business with me? And my very first business was a Fernwood Women's Health Club franchise. Uh, Back in 2004, 2005, we opened and started pre-selling in 2004. Um, So for me, the inspiration was probably my family. And, you know, um, owning, applying everything that I had learned in my career, but um, getting the benefits of, of owning your own business. Yeah, that's amazing. And what have been some of the lessons that being an entrepreneur has taught you? Oh, so many. Um, you know, I've had huge success. That very first firm we had was hugely successful. And then um, we purchased another one that had gone into voluntary administration and, and took it from losing, um, you know, $20,000 a month to making about $5,000 a month, but it was a lot of work for just that $5,000 a month. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then we opened another Fernwood and it hit during the GFC and we lost a ton of money and mm. nearly lost everything. So, um, you know, I think, you know, the difference, you could be the same person with, you know, even more knowledge and still experience failure or loss. Um, and that it is that it is a roller coaster. There's certainly things that you can control, but there are certainly things that are outside of your control. Anyone that's owned a business through COVID would would know that as well. Um, so the lessons have been that have been countless. But I'd say my most recent lesson is um, to detach from outcomes. Do everything you can, but detach. Don't get too attached to outcomes. That's, um, yeah, there's some great lessons there. And I think, you know, often we think that the you'll stop facing challenges or like it'll get easier and, but there's always new challenges and things coming up. What do you think, what's the quality that you need as an entrepreneur to be able to face those kind of challenges? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think the first thing is humility. I think that is the center of everything because if you are humble, you will get curious and you'll always be learning and, you know, you won't take your successes too seriously. Um, mm. And you also hopefully will be mindful of picking yourself up and, and um, moving on when you do have a failure. Um, I think hard work, that probably goes without saying. Um, and uh, I think that's probably related to, to being humble, but probably being curious being curious because I think if you're always curious you've got that open mind to want to always learn and you just never you never stop learning your business it's so similar you know your business name right but it's so similar to parenting you never stop learning no two days are the same it's constantly changing um so I <laughs> see so running a business is very similar <laughs> to being a mum of three kids yeah just when you think you've got it all sorted it sorted out another curveball yeah. comes in that's when the universe goes, just when you're feeling really good, the universe will go, mm -hmm, okay, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear how you define success. What does success mm. mean to you? To me, success is um, quality time with the people I love. That is what I mm. love most in the world. Um, and so if I am prioritising that, I'm feeling like I'm succeeding, like I'm winning. Um, to me, success is balance. And I'm not talking about that, you know, I want work-life balance, like just mm. balance where you're in flow and things feel balanced, whatever is important to you feels balanced. Mm. Um, and um, abundance. Um, I've done a lot of work on abundance the last couple of years and, and I would describe that as being in flow, being in flow. And abundance just isn't about money, it is um, obviously does involve money, but it's not just about money. Yeah, time. You can have time in abundance and that's a luxury yes. as well. Yeah. 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 Relationships and friendships and fun, all of the things. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that so much, Nick. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Over to you, thing. Amanda. Yeah. I love no, that yeah, love me too. It. I, I yeah. have a little bit of an issue right now. I've got a little bit too much abundance. Like I've really been working on it. Like, whoa, okay. And then it's th thrown out the balance. And so now yes. I'm trying to get the two to work together. Um, so, you know, it's that's, but that's what you're always learning, right? Just when you think like, I've got this abundance thing. It's all happening for me. It's like, crap, I've got too much abundance. <laughs> yeah. It's a good so, problem to have, all the abundance. It is, it is. <laughs> um, 
as you know, Nico, I'm really passionate about getting women and business women to, to talk about money. Um, and given that you also work in that space, as you know, accountability, so people making women talk about things challenging us. Um, my question to you is, in your experience or your opinion, why is it that we are still finding it difficult as women to talk about money? Yeah, I am. Um... I'm not sure if I'm right on this. I don't know if I'm right about the why, but because I think it can be a skill that can be learned. Um, so I'm like you, very passionate about getting women to talk about money. So with Accountability Circle, if it's okay, I'll just explain a little bit about that. So we get groups of eight female business owners together once a month in person for three and a half hours um, with their whole accountability framework behind that so that we're sharing and learning from one another, discussing the challenges in our lives and our businesses. And the whole whole goal is to connect and to grow our businesses and ourselves. And it's very, it's face-to-face. -face. It's nothing about it is virtual. And um, every month we have an accountability update. And one of the very first things we report on in our accountability update is, is our revenue up or down and is our profitability up or down? And I let members know that they can talk in terms of numbers or they can talk in terms of percentages. And it's incredible. I'm talking women that have significantly sized, significant sized businesses as well will say, oh, before this, I wasn't looking at the numbers. Before I wasn't talking about the numbers. Um, I was, and, and I was too scared. So I think there's an element of fear. And so I think that the best way to address that fear is to start to work that muscle and start talking about it because it's actually okay to start talking about money. Um, something I'll always challenge um, any person on, not just a woman, but particularly a business owner when they say, oh, you know, I don't want to be rich, but it's like money is not dirty. Money is not evil. Um, let's talk about it and, and make it okay. So I think there's a bit of a fear there. There's probably a bit of a fear that, you know, you might become a tall poppy and then people think worse of you because you do talk about money. Um, it might seem like, you know, a bit, like you're a bit up yourself and you don't want to talk about money. And so maybe that's right. It has to be in the right circles to be able to talk that openly. But I think um, for anyone out there, a woman who owns a business, to find your people that you can openly talk about money because what will happen is you'll realise there's a lot of people feeling like you feel. And you'll be able to actually learn from one another. I see it all the time in these meetings. Like, oh, my God, I never thought of that. You know, for example, um, there is at the moment some SME uh, COVID recovery loans are available from the banks for existing businesses and really low interest rates spread over um, 10 years. I found out about it. I applied. I've been successful. And I've had, I've now put, I think, six of our members in touch with the banker that I used and now these women are going to get access to capital that they wouldn't have had otherwise. But were we not in that room having that conversation, they wouldn't have had that access to grow their business. So and that's a long-winded way of saying I think there's fear and I'd really like to see women talking about it more, which is everything you do, Amanda. Yep. And I agree with you, Nick, and I think fear and peace, and I've spoken about this in numerous occasions, um, and it is trying to provide that safe community whatever that is yes. for a particular person because there is no right or wrong answer when it comes to your money it's about you educating yourself and finding that that calm as you said to understand you know knowledge is yes. power in anything that we, we look yeah. for you know um yeah so i think 
that so my belief and i'm going to keep shouting it to the rooftops i think you're right i think that it's fear because as business women we take this big huge leap of faith and belief in ourselves to start our businesses and then we get so scared that one little wrong thing about money or we're not so great at the finance or we don't know absolutely everything makes us a failure we are we're our worst enemy um so yeah. you know and i'm glad you said that and you know you can see where my passion is in that knowledge and, and i think it's great i think it is yeah. great um and you've answered one of my other questions is what can women do so let's go to that what can mm. women do you've said find their community you've said find their space a safe space to be able to talk about yeah. it what else do you think business women in particular can do to build their confidence up decrease their fear and start having this understanding of money and finance yeah really good question so the first thing i'd say is get curious and start asking questions start asking questions it's okay to ask questions so be really curious and it's okay to say i feel like this is a dumb question i should know this but just ask because you would be surprised how much you will learn if you can just let that fear drop of not knowing um, the second thing is, is engage with partners and experts. So I have a virtual CFO, it's a, another woman. She has worked with my business now. We're coming up to our five year anniversary together. Um, and she is amazing with my cash flow forecasts and really helping me make big strategic decisions for my business. I have an awesome tax accountant. Another I happen to surround myself by great women. Um, another female tax accountant, so who really strategizes with me around my company structures, any trusts I have in place, and any tax being smart with my tax. I have a financial advisor, which unfortunately I engaged before I knew Amanda, but she is also amazing. Another woman, and so um, that we meet with her quarterly and we go through our you know personal financial goals all of our insurances our self-managed super fund um and then we have um brokers that we use so and those people like i don't know all the answers and i go to those meetings and i get curious and i ask dumb questions and we make plans and it's it's just part of our without um financial planner in particular that, that meeting is quarterly. I'm, and I also actually meet with my virtual CFO quarterly, but there's lots of phone calls as well. Um, my tax account is twice a year. So just building up the support around you. Sometimes it's hard to spend money in particular, but also time on these kinds of things. But I wouldn't be where I am today without the support of those people. So I think reaching out and looking for those um, experts, those like-minded experts, ask for referrals. That's how I found my people is I asked for referrals and people that had been their customers and clients for a long time and what they liked and what they didn't like. Um, so, yeah, so I'd, I'd be saying curious and, and seeking help and outsourcing some expertise because I, as a business owner, I, I don't come from a finance background. I'm pretty good with numbers, but I don't understand all the tax laws. And, you know, our financial advisor is amazing and has really helped um, my wife and I grow our wealth exponentially with really straightforward things that we wouldn't be in the position we're in without without her. Um, I love that. And I love that you said cash flow forecast because I think a oh. lot of people get a bit confused or well, I've got an accountant, why do I need a financial planner? And you've hit the nail on the head. So for me, um, financial planning, cash flow forecast, all of those types of things are very proactive. And by nature of how we deal with our accountants, we're giving them historical figures. It's like, here's my books. Yes. Can you do something 
for the year that's just been. So, and then we walk away going, well, where's the plan? But the plan's already mm. gone because we've given them all of that. So I think that that's anyone's key to get on top of those numbers. Cash flow forecast can be your best friend. Uh, budgeting is my huge example of that. Is budgeting isn't to control your expenses. It's actually to discover where the opportunities lie yes. for a business. You know, so um, I love that. Love that. And and you know, I get curious. I love that saying. So that's that's going to be the, mm. my two key words from from this. Um, let's delve a little bit into you having a raw conversation about your money experience. Yep. If, okay. So yep. I'm asking the same two questions every episode and the first one is could you share a pivotal moment for you that related to money good bad in that made you stand up and do something with life yeah so probably the biggest and I've already slightly mentioned this in my opening so I'm going back to 2008 so I'm going back a long time so this is GFC um so um the global financial crisis so I'll paint the picture of where I was at the time um, we had just sold that really successful Firmwood Club. Part of that deal was Vendor Finance, which if anyone hasn't heard of Vendor Finance, it's basically where a portion of the sale um, was. We were like the bank. We loaned that and they were going to pay us back like a loan, not the, not the whole thing. It was an expensive club to purchase and it made sense that they, they required some Vendor Finance. Um, we sold it pre-GFC. We had actually closed down the club that we took over that went, went into voluntary administration just because it was a lot of hard work with not enough return, mm -hmm. basically. But we did relocate and open up a brand new, shiny, beautiful club nearby that most members transferred over to. But, you know, to start one of these clubs, you're looking at about a million dollars investment. Lots of that's borrowed and geared against, you know, fit out and equipment and et cetera. And um, I had had my first baby. So I had a, you know, six, seven month old, I think when the GFC hit and we got smashed. And because one of the first things that people lost their jobs, I don't know if you guys remember this, but people lost their jobs left, right and centre. And the club, the one club that we had left was on the central coast in New South Wales. And one of the first things that will go from a family's budget is the woman's gym membership, which is a bit of a luxury item. Like, I mean, smashed. And we had so many overheads that we couldn't do anything about. And in being part of a, a franchise, there's only so many things that you can actually, like, you can't you can't control because you're part of, you can't resign from it. You can't shut it down. You can't, like, there's so many things that you can't do. And for two years, we just lost money every month. Um, on top of that, um, the vendor finance... <sighs> they um the person um moved their assets and um stopped paying and it came to fruition that the lawyer hadn't actually successfully the lawyer who did the deal for us didn't successfully lodge the securities over their assets and so we were owed an astronomical amount of money and we were losing money every month and that's where we came to the point of we could lose everything um i i wasn't in the healthiest of relationships in my marriage at the time. So there was all that pressure. And this is all happening. Then I had my, my second baby who was not well and my milk had dried up. Like it was just, it was. And I just remember thinking, I, there's so much I've got to learn from this. 
and I'm never going to put myself in this situation again. And I relied really heavily on my dad. My dad um, used to own, he was retired at that point, used to own businesses and very clever. And literally I'd have daily coaching sessions with my dad. I got real, I cut everything out of our budget at home. I got really frugal. Um, I started making like every cent counted um, with the business and at home. Um, And we had to walk away from that business in the end, um, which was heartbreaking. We'd had an offer from someone to buy it, but um, my brother and my business partner and I couldn't agree on that. I was probably more pro-selling than he was. It was just, it was such a tough time. And I remember thinking, I'm never, I'm never going to land in this decision, in this position again. So ever since then, um, I have been organically, I've been patient, I grow organically, I am self-funded. You know, this loan that I just got, like my, it is like, well, way, very simple for me to pay back without any risk whatsoever. It's not geared against any property I have or anything like that. Um, And I have great support systems in place, you know, my investments, uh, the investments I have with my wife are positively geared. Like this, it changed the way I started making business decisions in that I was not going to risk my health, um, my mental, emotional and physical health and my and my family on having a hugely big business that was geared really highly with too many external risks. Um, and I'm starting to really... Um, you know, see the benefits of that. It's taken, I've had to be patient. Um, but yeah, that's that was probably the toughest couple of years um, of my life. Um, you've hit the nail on, on a head as usual, but um, there's data to provide that money, money and finances are one of the biggest stresses on relationships. So you've got a relationship with you know, already on the rocks, as it sounds like, with your your husband at the time, your, your business partner, um, who is also a relative, and then your children. So you've had that huge whammy of uh, um, an experience. But I love how everything that you do, you, you, you learn. You take that learning and you see that as a learning experience. And, um, yeah. you know, I love that you're positively geared. I love that you comprehend what that that is, which is great. Um, Thank you for sharing that because there are so many lessons for everyone in all of those, um, all of the data that you've given there um, and sharing is always always important and it's not fun to go back to not so great parts. No. (laughs) Do you know what was really interesting, sorry, if I can just add, is when we went through COVID 1.0 and 2.0, I was really able to draw on those learnings and really support my members through that because there's a lot of members that weren't in business through the GFC and, you know, talk through some decisions that I had made and what I did and what I learned from that and how, and I, it, it, COVID for me wasn't overly stressful. It was hard, I'm not saying, but I had worked muscle already and I had survived it and I knew that I would get through it. I, I got decimated <laughs> um, like a lot of other businesses. Um, so... Yeah, it was really helpful for myself and my members through through COVID. Mm. And again, do you think the you, way? Sorry, go no peace. <laughs> do you think the way that you've now structured things is what enabled you to make it through COVID? It's you know you said you got decimated, yeah, oh, actually, but yes, completely. Whereas yes. last time around, yeah, very much so, very much so. So I feel like I've got um, the structure to 
to survive those highs and lows because it is a roller coaster and there's definitely a lot that you can do so that it's a more smooth ride but there still will be ups and downs that you can't control um and, and keep sharing your knowledge nick and i love that because you know if you're sharing that with your members that's going to roll on keep the ball rolling because your experiences and your ability to share your your money and finance experiences will provide knowledge to to those in in your care as well um and, and then you know again get curious find the knowledge ask people yeah. so keep, keep yeah. that rolling um, and we're always going to finish on a on a light note. So I've I've sent this this question to you. So, um, what is the most extravagant thing you have spent money on? Um, great question. There's probably a few little things, but the one that stands out I'm actually wearing today. I should hold it up. It's this ring here. It's a George Jensen. Fusion, fusion ring. So for years in my career in HR, I used to fly a lot domestically. I used to eye off this ring in the Qantas magazines. It was always advertised in the and I always wanted one. And um, I would have been 30 years old. And after my first year in business with Firmwood, um, we had done, we broke all their records, highest revenue, highest profitability. Um, we won franchise every year the next year. Like we had smashed it, but I had paid myself a very humble wage because you don't know that, you know, you're going to smash it. And it was our one-year anniversary and I took myself off to George Jensen at Bondi Junction and bought this piece of jewellery for myself. And so that was back in 2006 and um, I still wear it and love it and it's a reminder of, you know, just, just hard work and rewarding yourself and, um that I, that I can do this. So yeah, that's that's probably my my favorite spoil that I gave myself. And I, I think it's really the first time I had done something like that. So that's probably it was really memorable. And amazing, you still wear it. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, you'll have a giggle at this, Nick. And you you know me well, and I know that our viewers are starting to get to know me. I have the ability to put sport and money together, no matter how you ask. <laughs> <laughs> How? <laughs> yeah, so the fact that we're talking about Fern with a fitness club and, and one of the mm. things that I say of my tips for finance is that um, celebrate your successes. So even yeah. someone from a fitness perspective and goals, celebrate your successes and small indulgences are actually yeah. are okay, you know. And if that's small, indulgences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and George Jensen indulgences. Hey, wouldn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah you know it's the same thing you know if you've got a fitness yep. plan you're allowed to stray just that little bit as long yeah. as you know you come come back so um i love that ring i eye it off quite often um you know, I'm a <laughs> jensen fan so I, I noticed it the very first time we met <laughs> yeah uh, Nick, it has been just such a pleasure to, to have you. And again, to, to share raw experiences is so important to encourage our community piece, isn't it, to, to keep talking? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I love that working the muscle, you know, work all work all of those different um, feelings and, and get curious, get curious. Yeah. yeah, so much wisdom in our chat today, Nick. Thank you so much. But... I love that you celebrated that win. You know, it was your first anniversary. You'd done so well. And I love that you acknowledged that and celebrated that. And um, while we're on that topic, the Ozmopreneur Awards are open for nomination. So 
for everybody who's watching, please nominate, celebrate your successes, celebrate those wins because it's so important in your journey. It can be really hard. You know, Nick told us about the hard times that she went through with her business, but I think, you know, she had that George Jensen ring that whole way through that and I know that that would have been a really reminder to keep going and you've got this and you've done you've been successful before and you'll be successful again i just think yeah 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 we've got to we've got to cherish those moments when they come they're really important definitely oh thanks so much for having me oh thank you for being our guest it's been wonderful chatting with you today nick and thank you, Amanda, for being my wonderful co-host. And thank you to everybody who's joined us live today and everyone joining on the replay. And we will see you all again next week for Money and Mojitos. Thanks, everyone. We will see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.